Jesse and Rachel Hinkle actually serve as our campus leaders in Waverly, and we're so grateful that they have joined us. They came to us in October of this year, or 2016, uh, feels like this year. It's, uh, and so before that, they were in Oak Grove Church in Vinton, and then before that, they were actually out at Lincoln Center, which was a, a ministry of Orchard Hill, and so they've been on staff with Orchard Hill, so we feel like we're, we got them back, yay. And so they're gonna be here to, to share their story. Um, I want to read a verse out of Hebrews. Uh, as I was reading and, and talking with them about what they were going to share today, I thought of this. Um, it says there, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And just think about that. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So it's kind of like a reminder for me that Sometimes you have to act your way into believing. And um, I think in some ways that's their story. They, they believed that God was there, but they had all this confusion or self-doubt or uh, personal kind of crisis of faith, if you will. But they continued to act and believe and trust that God would, would be there for them. So I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, their story, and I, I know that you will enjoy it too. Let's welcome them. Jesse and Rachel. Well, thank you. So my name is Jesse. My mom tells me that I was named after a soap opera in the 70s. I like reading and writing and hiking. I enjoy hanging out with our kids, our three little ones. My dream job is actually to become a whitewater rafting guide. And sometimes, sometimes I eat a hot, jo- hot dog just so I can have a little mustard in my life. This is Rachel. She loves all kinds of music. Her voice is her first instrument. She bought me a djembe for our first Christmas together so I could play music with her. Once, once, we went for, once she went for an entire year only eating one dessert a month, even though she really, really, really loves sweets. And we found out while living in Colorado that Rachel has an incredible sense of balance. Right, I should do the rest standing on one foot. No, but uh, so the story goes that I was named after one of my parents' favorite students, and uh, she's a twin, so if I would have been a boy, uh, my name would have been Nathan, the other twin. Kind of fun. So I always say that I would rather sing something than try to, like, say it, so really saying anything up here is kind of freaking me out a little bit, but uh, if I burst into song, it's just because I'm nervous. I probably won't, but so I have a collection of old um, hymnals, a bunch of these kind of ragtag books on the shelf, and I usually get them because someone's going to throw them away, Um, but I love uh, history, and each one of those books is like a little snapshot of history, and I like that. Um, I really love road trips. Uh, I'm often late, and I almost never make my bed. My mom was at the last service, and she really knows that's true. Uh, This is Jesse, here's a couple things that I wanna tell you about him. One time, after we trained for a half marathon together, he randomly like veered off the path during the race and decided to run the whole thing, the whole marathon. (laughs) He's crazy. Uh, He can also fix anything, and um, he can also eat like the most amount of ice cream at one time that anyone I've ever known. (laughs) And that's it, thank you. So I was born on July 18th, 1978. I'm the second of five boys. Uh, From a very young age, I was able to entertain myself, often playing on my own for hours. 
When I was in middle school, our family moved from the town uh, to a mid-1800s acreage just outside of Vinton that needed a lot of TLC. There was always work to do, but I was so excited because we also had access to acres and acres of woods, and I spent countless hours hiking and exploring while I was growing up. In school, I was one of the youngest in my grade, and our family didn't have a lot of money, so I didn't do sports camps or music lessons. And then the summer before my freshman year of high school, I started experiencing intense joint pain, which lasted for two years. The doctors thought it was juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. I was young and insecure and became very anxious with all of this, and I had my first panic attack my senior year of high school. I eventually avoided public places as much as I could, and restaurants were the worst. I found a place to belong in church, however. I enjoyed our youth gatherings and was active in high school. My freshman year, we went on a mission trip where God planted a seed in me for serving. Well, I was born July 13, 1981, uh, the oldest of three girls, and I grew up here in Cedar Falls. Um, my parents are both teachers here in town, and my sisters, my sisters and I spent a lot of time playing at school while my dad worked. I really loved school growing up. When I got to junior high, my dad was a teacher there, and I would just about die of embarrassment hearing about the stories of, like, fires and crazy joke. He tells kind of silly jokes a lot of times, and it would just be so embarrassing. But um, I, I also knew that he was a great teacher, um, and I wanted to be a teacher like him. Um, okay, right. So my parents were faithful role models for me. I never remember a time when I didn't love Jesus and try to follow him as best I could. My family rarely missed a Sunday. We uh, grew up at Nazareth Lutheran Church just down the road, and it was a, just a great part of my childhood. I never resisted or resented it. Um, church was also a place where I discovered my love of music and singing. I love the hymns and singing in the choir. Um, so I was also really involved with just about everything. I did sports and music and um, tried to take as many classes as I could. Um, it was fun, it was, it was exciting, but it was also a way that I could be noticed. Um, the question I might have always been asking myself through those things is, um, am I good enough? And I would try to get an answer from doing well in a class or singing a solo in a concert. Um, I didn't usually stop to think about whether or not I enjoyed the activities. I just tried to do as much as I could. And I was usually kind of overwhelmed, overcommitted. Um, I was a good kid, and following the rules was very important to me. So after high school, I enrolled at Mount Mercy College. I was the first in my family to go to college, and I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. It felt like a privilege and a responsibility. The first semester, I had my second panic attack, so I started skipping a lot of class. I became a recluse for the first year and a half of college. I didn't like being in public, but I enjoyed being involved in serving, and that created a bit of a paradox. Somehow I learned to manage my anxiety by hiding right in the spotlight. My sophomore year, I was voted in as the student body president. My junior year, I even decided to join our college soccer team. I'd never played soccer before in my life. <laughs> I like to be involved. It made me feel like I had something to contribute or like my life meant something in the world. I'd try anything, and if I didn't know how to do it, I'd figure it out. I collected experiences like merit badges and built my identity around activity and experiences. By some standards, I would have been a model student, but there was a darker side to it all. Often I studied until the library closed down, and then I would stay out and party until the bars closed down. I was involved in unhealthy relationships, and my roommates and I hosted a lot of parties. My junior year, I was placed on disciplinary probation. This, mind you, is while I was still the student body president. One more incident, and I would have been kicked out of college altogether. 
Um, for the first year and a half, I or for the next year and a half, I stayed under the radar to remain in good standing with the college. I graduated and was hired by Wartburg College in their residence life department. Soon I was invited to help coach soccer there and also serve as a technical director for their theater department. The trend continued, find meaning by joining activities and collecting experiences. After a couple years at Wartburg, I saw a group of students sitting in a lounge with open Bibles and singing to Jesus. This was a different kind of faith than what I had seen before. Jesus was breaking through inside of me and something inside of me was coming alive, but it was a very slow process. So after graduation, I decided to go to Wartburg College and it turned out to be a really great place for me. I met some of my best friends there and I just really loved my time there. But I did continue to struggle to find an answer to the question, am I good enough? And I did this by digging into a, a chemistry teaching major. It seemed kind of important, seemed like a big thing to try. I was doing okay and I always assumed that I would become a teacher like my dad and my mom and my grandma, both of my grandpas. We had like a million teachers in our family and I kind of thought I'd go along with that. Um, but one day I remember I was about to ho uh, hand in my student teaching application and I just was thinking, do I really want to do this? And I thought, I really don't. I don't think I'm passionate enough about chemistry to like inspire people who probably hate it in school. And so <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do it. And so uh, I scrambled. I found out I could finish the psychology degree really quickly before my four years was over. And suddenly I had no idea what I was going to be doing with my life. Along with this uncertainty, I was also introduced to questions and doubts about God and Christianity and the Bible. Um, this happened kind of through some religion classes and some science classes, um, conversations with people who believed differently than I did. And um, I began to have this nagging fear that if I continued to dig deeper and learn more, um, the things I had always accepted as true might not hold up. Um, and for the first time I was asking God, can I trust you? And I really wasn't sure of the answer. So after three and a half years at Wartburg, I knew it was time to move on. I had three options on the table, law school, whitewater rafting guide, and I was applying to go on a new television show at the time called Survivor. That, uh. <laughs> he would totally win, I think. <laughs> so that spring, I was invited to help lead another service trip at Wartburg, and on the way back home, I had a conversation that led to a fourth option. Three friends and I decided to follow God into the wide open by traveling the country and serving other people. We raised funds over the next few months and left that August in a 15-passenger van that we purchased from Wartburg College for $1. I spent the next four months traveling the western and southern United States, serving in dozens of ministries and nonprofits. Mind you, I'm just like a poor kid from Iowa in all of this. Everywhere we went, we seemed to have God's favor. We once received a check for $5,000 toward our Christian ministry from a doctor who didn't even believe in God. In Nevada, we received a private tour deep into the depths of Hoover Dam. You can't even get there now. In Maine, we toured the third largest collection of animal hides in the world. We hiked the mountains, we walked the streets, we slept on a ship docked in Louisiana, we slept beneath the stars in Montana. I even played Jesus in a Christmas parade in Arkansas. All one. <laughs> I had a really big beard. <laughs> yeah. That was before Lumberjack was cool even. <laughs> so we saw the depths of brokenness. 
But we also saw the power and provision of Jesus and his church. We went to soup kitchens, shelters, orphanages, and, and so much more. I always believed in a big God who could do anything, but on this trip, I came face to face with him, and he is beautiful. After traveling with Latreya, I moved back to Waverly to, to build houses. I reignited some connections with Wartburg and volunteered to build one more set for the next theater production. One night while I was working on campus, a group of students started coming into the theater where I was working, and they said there was a speaker coming to share for an event called The Gate. I was actually scheduled to speak at the gate in a couple weeks, so I shoved my mess off to the side and went to the back of the room to listen. Turns out the speaker that night was a gal by the name of Rachel Olson. So uh, while I was in college, I began attending here at Orchard Hill, and I joined the worship ministry, and I discovered a community of musicians and a love for worship that helped me find a voice of my own. Um, eventually, with the encouragement from leaders and staff, I began learning how to lead worship, and it turned out to be a place where my musical talents met with spiritual gifts I didn't even know I had. I'd finally found something I loved to do. This experience, along with a few years spent with a ministry called The Navigators, helped me discover and gain confidence in God and who he created me to be. I still had questions, but I was leaning in and digging in and finding that God was trustworthy. But as God began to re reveal a picture of who he created me to be, I still often felt lonely. I'd never really had a serious relationship and I couldn't help but wonder if maybe there was something wrong with me. I kept asking myself, am I good enough? And if so, why doesn't anyone want to be with me? So I saw people around me getting engaged in serious relationships and then I would do these calculations, maybe you know. It's like, well, if I meet somebody even tomorrow and then you gotta get to know him and then you gotta date for this long and then it's gonna be like, 20 years, at least. <laughs> kind of, uh, I just had this fear of being left alone and, and this time of singleness, which kind of seemed short looking back, seemed so long at the time. And then uh, one winter night after graduating college, I showed up to be the speaker for this event. I never speak at anything. It's like the second time I ever did it. But after I was it was over, I saw this guy, Jesse Hinkle. I kind of knew him through mutual friends and I said hi. And um, he, we had this conversation, and then he ended up inviting me to come with him on this trip to Maine and Prince Edward Island, Canada. I love road trips. And so I was like, yeah, sure. I didn't really have a lot of other stuff going on. I was like, <laughs> why not? And uh, so like the night before, I'm packing my bag, and I had gone home. My mom's like, who is this guy? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Just, I showed him a, showed a picture of him. Like, oh, you, I think it'll be... Okay, but then I was a little bit nervous because it could have been maybe a little bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel and I met that February night at the gate <clears throat> and I was scheduled to catch up with the Latreya team for a week in Maine and another in Canada that following April. Rachel was friends with the Latreya team members so I asked if she would want to go with me to see them and she, she did say sure. I picked her up two and a half months later and we drove through the night toward Maine, stopping along the Boston coast to take our first picture together before we turned north. We, uh -uh. Spent <laughs> we spent 30 straight hours in the car together but only had the radio on for seven. I don't know why I remember that silly detail but it seemed significant. Conversation has always been easy with Rachel. After two weeks with the Latreya team, we found some time to talk, just the two of us, while we were still in Canada. We admitted that we kind of liked each other and we decided to try a relationship. 
The next day, we drove away from Prince Edward Island. We left the, team, the Latreia team in Maine, and then I dropped Rachel off at the airport in New York City where she flew to Bulgaria for the next six weeks for another mission trip. This was a scary time for me. I had no idea how to deal with the baggage that I had accumulated, the guilt and the shame for all my college and post-college foolishness. How do I deal with it for myself, let alone bring someone else into the mess? Could Rachel love me? Could she understand me? Could she forgive me? And for the first time in my life, I couldn't just figure it out on my own. I, re I really didn't know what to do, but it just felt right to just take the very next step. Uh, it was a time for taking next steps. Um, dur during those early months of our relationship, Jesse was wondering if I could love and forgive him, which we worked through by God's grace, kind of a longer story than we can tell here. But I was also wondering, am I good enough and hoping he wouldn't be disappointed or kind of deciding to like me after he got to know me better. But really, the beginning of our story felt like a movie or fairy tale, and I think it was God's way of helping me understand that I was lovable, and that God loved me even more than any other person, than any person ever would. Um, I was asking God, can I trust you with my future and my, my life, and he was saying yes, and he was just saying I love you so much, and I wanna bless you with good things. So uh, long story short, we got married a little over a year later, and uh, we were ready to find out what God had planned. So a couple years later, um, Jesse felt called to go to seminary, and I still really didn't know what I was doing, um, wondering, am I good enough? People around me were having careers, getting real jobs, and I didn't have a job, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so Jesse enrolled in the MDiv program at Denver Seminary, and I was like, it was like two for the price of one, really, it was like half price school if you were married. Like, I think I'll try this. So I signed up for a program um, in leadership and worship, and just kind of figured I'd have something to do. But it turned out to be like this awesome time of discovery. I think it started um, when I was little, loving the hymns and loving church music, and grew as I was here at Orchard Hill, learning to lead and um, just finding a heart for worship. And then when I got there, it was just um, revealed as something I truly loved and something I've been looking for since I was in college. Um, I found out that I love studying church history, theology, and the Bible, and that just um, fed into and enhanced my worship and my leadership. Plus, we got to be in the mountains. We loved it there. And God continued to answer my question, can I trust you, as I observed my professors who, are, who were leading scholars and highly respected in their fields, whatever they were, but they also loved God, like they truly did. And it was, it was just different than what I saw from um, different kinds of faculty um, in the past. So I'd started asking all these questions and um, stuff in, co in college. I didn't really find the answers necessarily, but I saw people who were like all out for Jesus and like they knew way more than I did. And it just kind of gave me um, confidence and um, just understanding God as way bigger than my questions. So after a couple years of marriage, we left. We went for, to Denver to go to seminary together. In case you are wondering, Rachel always got better grades than me because she follows the rules on the assignments. In Denver, we were invited to live and work at a ministry called the Downing House. It's a Christian retreat center and, and bed and breakfast. Our bosses were a very wealthy couple who began following Jesus, and they essentially moved out of their home and turned it into a place where Christian and community leaders could gather. The Downing House welcomes renowned authors, pastors, professors, and leaders from all over the world. Rachel and I were the host and hostess of the Downing House for two and a half years while we were in Colorado. 
Rachel and I were also both offered jobs as a worship leader and a pastor at a young and growing church in Denver, but we had to turn them down because eventually we felt called back to Iowa. We packed up and we drove back home with no real jobs, no place to live, and a baby on the way. After a couple months back, we stopped in Dave Bartlett's office to talk about ministry in Iowa. Dave told us about a place called Lincoln Center and asked if something like that would be of any interest to us. We said we'd pray about it and we drove out that day to check it out. We spent the next three years on staff with Orchard Hill at the Lincoln Center Ministry in Grundy County. So after a few years of marriage, we decided we wanted to start a family. So this was a journey that had me continually crying out to God, can I trust you, as we experienced three miscarriages. It was a time of learning to trust that God's heart toward us was good and that he loved us even when things weren't happening according to our plans. This was something that Jesse and I walked through alone, not sharing our struggles with anyone until after we had our daughter. We both tend to be private people, keeping to ourselves and figuring things out on our own. And this tendency only got more um, intensified as we moved around so much over the years. I feel like God is challenging me to let people in and be more vulnerable. Um, that's probably partly why he had me do this today. Um, but just part of my, my growing in this next season. We have been blessed with three amazing kids. Raya Praise is five and a half, Micaiah Truth is almost three, and Shiloh Wise is a year and a half. And these three have become our greatest adventure yet. So one night at a men's retreat while we were in Grundy County, there was a song during worship and, and the word said, all our failure, all our fear, God our love, he has overcome. And these words washed over me like a mountain stream as the guilt and shame from past experiences began to be swept away. Rachel had taught me so much about forgiveness and grace and patience and she, she was always willing to take the next steps and figure it out with me. But Rachel had also helped me to see that I needed something more, that I needed deep healing from Jesus. Psalm 147 says that God binds the brokenhearted and it was here at the men's retreat that I finally began to forgive myself and be set free from the baggage that held me captive. With my heart on the mend, I also began to get a clearer sense of who God had made me to be. For so long I was hiding in the spotlight with self-doubt and trying to prove something to myself or to others. I know some people work hard to try to earn their salvation from God, but I was simply performing for other people, trying to prove that I could do something or be something. We left Lincoln Center and I served as a senior pastor at Oak Grove Church in Shellsburg, Iowa, where I realized that I didn't need to perform for others. Instead, I needed to use what God had given me to serve others, to just become who God had created me to be and then give it away in service to God and others. I was finally finding dignity and value and purpose in life and it was freeing to not have to worry about what others were thinking. While we were at Oak Grove, um, I struggled again to find my purpose. I was staying home with our kids and I still wondered, am I good enough? While I was at home with dirty diapers and temper tantrums and mom's groups, they can be kind of brutal too sometimes. Crazy, I didn't really uh, have a lot of support and I missed leading worship and ministering with Jesse. I often felt alone and overwhelmed, but God used this time to grow my heart as a mom and bring me to a place of contentment and gratitude. Can't even tell you what changed except to say that God opened my eyes to a new purpose for my life. I had come to terms with the idea that I may not lead worship again and actually I felt pretty okay with it. I can, uh, we can have some pretty fun times at home leading uh, my family in worship. We can do like dance parties and praising Jesus and it's super fun. Um, but then we got wind of an opening for a campus pastor and worship leader at Orchard Hill in Waverly. And I said, that would be cool, but there's no way. 
I'm normally up for an adventure, but moving 10 times in 10 years had just made me tired, and I was ready to stay somewhere for a change. Um, but the more we prayed and the more we heard, um, listened to God, we heard him saying, you can go if you want to. I mean, that was just so clear to me. You can go if you want to. And I thought, do we want to? We, we kind of decided that we did, and we would make one, maybe make another move and see what God has planned. So we're here, and we're ready to see what happens next. So it was difficult to leave Vinton, but it is special for us to be back and serving with Orchard Hill Church. We were married right here in this room. And to be serving specifically in Waverly, where our story together first began. We certainly don't come because we have all the answers. We come because we believe God is doing something special. And with his help, we can all kind of figure out the details together. Uh, one of my life verses is 2 Corinthians 12, 9, when Jesus tells Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And we're grateful to be here and share our stories with you, and we pray that as we share our weaknesses with one another, we can boast all the more in the power of Christ. Yeah, let's thank these guys. Thank you. Thanks. I just want to ask you a quick question. I know that um, you guys have moved here in October. It's been a transition time. Uh, what can you share with us uh, about Waverly? How can we pray for you specifically? What are some things maybe going on? I don't know if you want, you want to share anything. Um, yeah, I think, I think uh, since we're new church, a new church in Waverly, we'd love prayers for just like, what does God have for us? And how can we serve the community? And... Uh, kind yeah. of as we kind of discover and grow. One of the kind of exciting things I've noticed is, is our outreach to Wartburg and some yeah. students, and so fun. that's happening. So fun. maybe you've seen some Wartburg students at BASIC, which is awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Jesse, anything? We, well, and if you don't know the story of, of the, the Waverly campus, there's just been some incredible leadership that is already up there, and um, some things have been ignited, and, uh, but I feel like we're at a season of, of sort of beginning some new things and inviting some more people in and, and sort of expanding what's already been taking place. So uh, yeah, pray for guidance and wisdom as, as we take those next steps, uh, and yeah. Let's do that. Well, let's pray together. Let's pray for these guys. Uh, thank you so much, Father, for your goodness and your grace, your forgiveness, uh, your healing, your restoring. Uh, thank you, too, for those gentle nudges that you, you give us and, and for your patience with us, even when we have doubt or wondering. Uh, thank you for Jesse and Rachel and their willingness to respond and to believe that you have good things for them. God, I pray that you would continue to bless them as a married couple, bless them as a family. Thank you for their, their children. Uh, thank you that they have joined together with us again. So we pray your blessing upon Waverly and the ministry there. We pray that you would continue to expand what you're already doing, uh, that you would raise up just the right people and the resources, that you would encourage uh, Jesse and Rachel in that. And uh, God, we just want to thank you so much for your kingdom work in them and now through them. Uh, bless them, I pray. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.